May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please sit. Today's Gospel reading is uh, part of a series. Uh, we had uh, the, the piece that came directly before this last week, and we'll have the next bit next week. And uh, they are part of the, if you like, a sermon from John's Gospel about Jesus being the bread of life. John's Gospel has a number of these sections where Jesus says, I am something. And then and that's in response to um, an event that happens, and then he talks about that at great length. So we are exploring what it means when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, but also what it means when he invites us to consume that bread, to, to take that bread into ourselves and be part of the body that is nourished by it. And so when we come and share the bread and wine around the communion table, we are putting into action what we might be exploring in this gospel today. It's not a comfortable image because when Jesus talks about being the bread of life and invites us to eat his flesh and drink his blood, it sounds somewhat cannibalistic. And when there are still parts of the world where that indeed happens, it's not an easy image to live with. And yet, I think John is trying to get across to people that to live the life of Christ requires everything of them. And it needs to be experienced in our bodies with all that that brings, the joys and the sufferings, and that we need to experience it in our body, the corpus, the, the corporate life that we share together, the good and the bad. There's a story about a pig and a chicken. <clears throat> a pig and a chicken were walking down Willow Street. <clears throat> and as they passed St. Peter's, they saw a notice up that said that Free Store were having a Matariki dinner. And the pig suggested to the chicken that they could contribute to this Matariki dinner. What a great idea, said the chicken. Let's offer them bacon and eggs. <laughs> Not so fast, said the pig. For you, that's just a contribution. But for me, it's total commitment. It's this kind of total commitment that Jesus is telling those gathered about, that John is trying to convey in his gospel. Jesus invites us to participate fully in the life that he lives. He is one who is totally obedient to God, who faithfully represents him. And he says in the Gospel, I have been sent. I am the bread of life. I have come down from heaven to bring you all that I know of the way of God. And as he comes to us as that envoy of God, he also invites us to be that kind of envoy that lives the God life in the world. With that kind of self-giving that Jesus shows us in his life, and death and resurrection. So are we willing to be that kind of envoy? What will we need to do in order to be this kind of envoy? We need to be ready to step into the everlasting life of God, the eternal life that John's Gospel speaks of. But
But when people hear that, that term, eternal life, they tend to think of it as being chronological, something that goes on and on and on. But in fact, the emphasis in John is at least on quantity and more on quality. We are invited to share that eternal life that is now. And it's John's favourite way of describing salvation. It means sharing in God's life. Both in the receiving and the giving. And it has benefits for each of us individually, but it also has benefits for our community, both the church community and the wider community. Because it is a way of sharing all that God has to give. And it's John's constant thing. Each section of his gospel is a variation on it, of the Son offering this life to all, including pouring out his own life to show us. It's as if Jesus and his life are saying, Hear ye, hear ye, eternal life is on offer for all who want it. All it costs is everything. Are we willing to be that kind of people? I uh, read an article this week in which two theologians, William Willimon and Hawabas, were talking about what it means to give pastoral care, saying it's not that kind of band-aid pastoral care that often people think of, oh, my auntie's sick, can you go and visit her? Or I've got no money, can you please pay for my bus fare? But much more it is about offering care as well as the challenge of what this struggle or difficulty in life has to teach us about the way of God. And the article finishes with this statement from Willimon. Salvation must never be severed from vocation, any more than care is to be practiced apart from our calling. Salvation must never be severed from vocation. So we are saved, but why are we saved? Any more than care is to be practiced apart from our calling. Yes, receiving care, but in order that we do what? A parishioner once said to me, I'm lying in this bed, not sure if I'm going to make it out of this alive. I'm frightened, I'm worried. And then Jesus has the nerve to waltz in here and suggest that I ought to single-handedly fund a church's food ministry. As sick as I am, I thought others should be looking after me, not me looking after them. Well, I said to her, as you prayed, how did Jesus respond? She shrugged, as far as I can tell, he said, well, I don't care. What did you think you were getting into when you were baptised? If we choose this life, we choose the whole of it, the joy and the sorrow, and we choose it knowing that we're going to continue to learn, to continue to go deeper. The epistle today gave us some reminders of how we need to be as community. Reminders, if you like, or a set of guidelines about how to be with one another, putting away falsehoods, speaking truth, not letting the sun go, go down on our anger, giving up stealing, and not just you know, those who nip the things off the back pew, but the way we choose and make decisions about how we purchase things. 
Do we think about who's being affected by whether we get this cheaply or more expensively? Do we know where our goods have come from, the trade chains, who might have been exploited in the process? There are many ways in which we can be thieves and, and uh, the Ephesians are being told to live generously and not to live in that kind of way, taking things off others. Let no evil talk come from your mouths, but only what is useful for building up, as there is a need. Put away bitterness and wrath and wrangling and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving. Most of all, forgiving. And forgiving means not holding oneself back or holding things against others. We're invited, if we are Christ's people, to let go, to give and forgive, offering with unreserved compassion, in the same way that God offers unreserved compassion to us. And then at the end of the epistle reading, the foundation for all of these practical exhortations, all these practical guidelines, that we should imitate the life of God. And that means living God's love, God's firm and challenging love. Ours is to be a life poured out as Christ's life was poured out in love. And that kind of pouring out our lives in love is better than any kind of elaborate ritual or sacrifice and sweeter than all the finest incense. This kind of holiness, this kind of holy living is open to all. And it can become our identity, who we are. Today, in some churches around the world, uh, people are celebrating today's Peace Sunday because Friday was the feast day of the Transfiguration and also the day, um, the 76th anniversary of the dropping of the bomb on Hiroshima, so it's known as Hiroshima Day, and tomorrow is the day when the bomb was dropped on Nagasaki. And so this day is kept as Peace Sunday. And we share the peace every Sunday, a kind of sign that this is another thing that we are committed to, God's peace. And we share the peace in words and in some kind of tangible sign of connection. We connect with one another perhaps simply through eye contact or maybe making skin-to-skin -skin contact with a handshake or a kiss or a hug. And the words that we say and the actions that we make are a symbol that we are taking time to remember whose and who we are. We take this time for one another before we then receive the symbol of unity in the communion. So it's a time not only to make peace with actual individuals who are in the building, but also to make those signs of peace as a symbol of making peace with others or the intention to do so. A time to think about the people who have hurt us or whom we have hurt and decide to make right those wrongs. Time to stop and ask ourselves, where am I holding back? Or how am I shutting people down? Sharing peace says we are ready to do what's needed to be right with each other and to be right with God. We are showing with our actions what we want to become true in our lives. 
So we are called today to enflesh the life of Christ. We do that by supporting one another. We do that by choosing to live according to the ways of Christ. And we know that it must have been hard even for those early Christian communities, otherwise we wouldn't have had that letter to the Ephesians reminding them how to live. But most of all, our resource to live in this way as imitations of the life of Christ is to be present to God, who is always present to us. To allow ourselves to somehow reflect the compassionate life of God and to breathe in that life and be willing to be changed by it. And so I want to sing as the ending of my sermon a song based on the words of St. Claire of Assisi. It's her day this week too on the 11th. And in the, these words she is speaking to one of her sisters, St. Agnes of Prague, um, and she speaks about allowing ourselves to be absorbed into the very likeness of God. Uh, some people may have picked up one of these cards on the way in. If you didn't and you want the words, take one on the way out. Place your mind. 